0: My name is Dr. Asha Sefanit wudasi And like many people of African descent, I used to live in the UK, but I always had a dream which developed into a plan to move to an African country of my dreams. After traveling around several African countries on the African continent, I finally settled on Malawi, a small country the size of the UK, which is in the east side of the African continent and I love it here. My podcast is about my life in Malawi, how I got here, how I'm managing to stay here, and some of the interesting things I get up to during my daily life. I also focus on helping you to break through with your own best life plans for living in your own hot country of your dreams, or just having the life you want. I also look at your money freedoms, your job freedoms, and many other things that can help you to get that best life. So stick with me as I take you through the Living Your Best Life in Africa experience. It's going to be a blast. Greetings everyone, and here I am, almost three months into my return home to Malawi and I'm loving life here. What can I tell you except that life goes on here and the fear of COVID remains low although Malawi is affected like every other country in the world. Here however, We are waiting for the hot, hot weather to kick in in about three weeks' time, which has been proven in the past to really attack the ability of the virus to thrive in that heat. So whilst people wait for the heat to kick in, people continue to move around the country just as we did before, and that includes me. So what's it like getting around in Malawi? the so-called sixth poorest country in the world. Me? I love travelling around the country. I just love it. One of the things I notice about all the different African countries I've visited is that they all seem to have the same or similar transport arrangements which are made up of local transport for moving around, bigger transport for longer journeys around the countries, some train travel, some international air travel, and travelling by car and moving long distances by foot. Let me start with moving by foot. I kid you not, everyone in Malawi runs and walks everywhere. I swear! If Malawians had equal access to the resources needed to compete at international, world and Olympic levels, Malawi would have a host of gold medals. The speed that people run up and down Malawi's mountain roads is something to behold. And most of the time, people are holding their shoes in their hands and running barefoot. Now, I am a major athletics fan, so I have some knowledge about long-distance running and the kind of times top athletes are posting in their various country trials. And I can tell you, just by marking time on my own watch, that some of the teenage and young adult runners are posting some amazing times, just in their day-to-day movement. It's astonishing. School sports day once a year? Nah! The pit them are running sports day everywhere and every day over stones and holes that I fall into every day. But for them, they run as if the road is flat. I don't know how they do it. Sometimes I stand and watch them and I marvel at their ingenuity. Then we have the walkers in Malawi. Most of the walkers are women and elders. Most of the women walk to fetch water from local boreholes and there is a style and a grace to their walking which is some of the most beautifully poised movement I have ever seen and they teach that poise and movement to their girls. The next time you fetch a bucket of water to mop your kitchen floor, try balancing that bucket of water on your head and let's see how far we get. Think about how heavy that feels in your hand as you carry it to your working space. And then add this, that women and young girls in Malawi carry twice and sometimes three times as much water on their heads. Like they're carrying a bag of crisps on their heads. And then they start walking uphill, never spilling a drop of that water. It's the most amazing thing you will ever see. And then there's me with a big raster head wrap covering my locks, which immediately tells them that I couldn't carry a letter on my head. But it really saves me, because it hides my European upbringing, which can just about carry a basin of water on my head when my locks are down, spilling at least half of it on the way to the bathroom. I tell you, sometimes I stand and marvel just like they stand and marvel at me when they see me. Now, remember I told you that when I returned to Malawi, I found the country's local economy had grown significantly despite COVID, and that also includes local transport options. Before COVID took me out of the country for two years, The only local transport I had to get me from the main tarmac road to my then home, about half a mile up a mountain, was nothing. (laughs) That's right, I had to walk with everything I had shopped for up a mountain road that was so steep that I'm sure I added about 20 years to my age because of the backbending I used to use to try and dig into the mountain to get up the hill. This is one of the main reasons I took up walking up and down that hill every morning. I wanted to develop my stamina and my speed so that when I was carrying shopping and other things to the house, I wouldn't be so terrorized by the hill and I wouldn't arrive home in a coma. So as I mentioned in a previous episode, when preparing to return home, the thought of that hill was not very far from my mind's eye and I was already not looking forward to it because I knew that as soon as I got home I would have to immediately go for supplies and that would mean tackling that hill. But imagine my surprise when I got home to find that we now have local motorcycle couriers that ferry people up and down the hill. What? I said motorcycles? I couldn't believe it and I began jumping for joy. To get up and down the hill costs the equivalent of 27 pence or 37 cents and for that my life has been transformed. I can even get the motorcyclists to take me directly to my front gate for a total cost of 44 pence or 61 cents. Do you know how far I can get on the buses in Bradford for that? Um, Exactly nowhere. It's amazing. And as I said, this new service totally transformed my life. And me? (laughs) Well, I'm happy. Now, in other flatter areas of the country, we have what's called a jinger or Bicycle Courier service, and the cyclists give you back saddle rides to and from the main shopping areas to your home. And I love this form of travel. Every journey costs a flat 200 quatchets, which is about 18 pence or 25 cents. And sometimes that journey can be four or five miles. And sitting on the specialised saddle on the back of the bicycle or the jinga, It feels like I'm in the film, The Whiz, and I half expect the various characters from the film to come riding past me when I'm riding along at a really nice pace, watching the town go about its business. It really is the sweetest experience, especially when the sun is beating down and someone else is doing the hard work and getting me from A to B for 18 pence. I find that I see so much more of life around me when I travel like this. So that's how I travel around my local area. But what about traveling further away? In Malawi, you can travel from one of the most northern towns in the country, like Kamimi, to the very south of the country, to one of the most southern towns, like Nsanji a distance of roughly 720 miles or 1,160 kilometers from town to town. And you still haven't reached the full length of the country if you're traveling by road. And in terms of the width of the country, the country is as small as 5 miles wide in some areas and as long as 100 miles wide in other areas. Now, for me, I love traveling around the country. The scenery is just something else to behold and I kid you not traveling the equivalent distance from Bradford to London in the UK, which is a journey I hate to do because of the motorway boredom, well it's completely different to traveling the same distance in Malawi, which in Malawi takes twice as long as the two to three hours it can take in the UK. There's no doubt that the network of motorways in the UK makes this type of journey of about 250 miles door-to-door much, much quicker. But the boredom you suffer as you look at grey roads ahead of you for miles and miles and miles is seriously what does my head in when I have to do long-distance journeys like this in the UK. But in Malawi now, I sound a bit obsessed, don't I? And maybe it's because I am. Because in Malawi, the equivalent Bradford to London distance, which might be a journey of going from Blantyre, where I live, to Lilongwe, which is the capital city of the country, That equivalent distance in miles would likely take about five to six hours, as opposed to two and a half to three hours if taken in the UK. But, oh, the experience is completely the opposite to the head-banging experience in the UK. We already start from a position where, in Malawi, we are likely to be travelling in sunny weather. And that right there puts a whole new, different slant on road travel. Every journey feels like a road trip, where you're discovering something new, new scenery, some new history, and if you happen to be travelling with someone who knows the country, then you are given a grand tour, a narrative, of every mountain and grassland. And if you love this sort of thing, then I can tell you that it's heaven. My husband always lets me sit in the front seat and me, I don't complain. And I certainly don't say, oh no, it's okay, you sit in the front. No, I run to sit in the front because I get to see the scenery firsthand and I also get to take some of the most stunning journey shots you will ever see. Shots of the road, shots of people, shots of the mountains, and in rare cases, shots of animals, and on and on it goes. Driving along Malawi's roads, you can also do your whole weekly fruit and vegetable shopping, buying some of the best quality produce your money can buy. And then after buying food, you can buy furniture. Do you know that Malawi produces some of the finest handmade cane and reed garden furniture In the world. People make the furniture at the roadside like they're making patties. It is so common and the quality, (laughs) it isn't like anything you will see at B&Q or Homebase. And then there's the price. You can buy this furniture at a fraction of the price you will pay for it in the UK. Follow me on social media to see the pictures of what I'm talking about. And I'll also try and create some comparison shots so you can see UK furniture alongside Malawi furniture and you tell me which looks the best. Other types of furniture you can buy from the roadside as you're driving are things like fully upholstered, handmade 3 piece suites. It's amazing! Suites you see in high-end price stores in the West Local Malawian craftsmen are creating here for a fraction of the price and you can choose your own colours and styles. Want an Edwardian looking thing? You can have it. Want an Etusi looking suite in fabric? Well you can have that too. So people in Malawi deliberately drive with two to five ton trucks to go and see family specifically so they can buy furniture on the way. They then load the furniture into the back of their truck and continue merrily along with their journey. You have to see it to believe it. You can also fully style out your house with sideboards, tables, wall displays and organizers and you can fill your house with every type of African artwork you want all of which can be purchased from the roadside with different cities specializing in different types of art and furniture depending on the local materials available to the artists and the craftsmen and you can really get some beautiful work made up of carvings and pictures and all of this and more is available on your road trip as you move from one area of the country or one region of the country to another by road. And for me, road travel is my most favourite thing to do. And I find it easy to drive in Malawi because the country, which was a former British colony, they drive on the same side of the road as the UK. So it's no real hard work for me. So give me an opportunity to be a passenger in that front seat and I am in a foot race before anyone changes their mind because I know that I am going to get some of the most beautiful shots of the scenery and the countryside as we are driving. And that makes the journey one of the most pleasurable journeys I can take. So that's the good thing about travelling on Malawi's roads, but one of the most dangerous things to do on Malawi's roads is to drive at night. You are literally dicing with death, because driving at night is like driving on one long country road with no lights, donkey, cow, chicken, pothole, people, drunk, dancing, whatever in the road. And the country also has a really serious problem with drinking and driving and poor vehicle maintenance. And because of this, Malawi has a high death rate on its roads, making Malawi's roads some of the most dangerous roads in the world at night. So me, I have a rule. And that rule is to just not drive and not travel at night unless it is an absolute dire emergency. And I stick to this rule and I don't care who gets upset, especially if I am the only available driver. Me? I love my life and I want to enjoy as much of it as I can for as long as possible. So for me, night driving is out. But apart from this, Driving the country's roads is still one of the most fantastic things to do. Now, when it comes to air travel, you can get to the south and central regions of Malawi by internal passenger flights. This is really good if you need to arrive in a part of the country really quickly. And flying can cut your journey time by 60% for a journey that would normally take you five to six hours. Malawi is also really well served by Malawi Airways, which is supported by that fantastic airline, Ethiopia Airways. And because of this partnership, you can fly to any country in Africa from Malawi. Further away, and you will have to change flights at Addis Ababa in Ethiopia to continue your journey, but things run pretty smoothly with flights and I've never really had any problems. The final mode of transport to talk about is rail. We don't have a passenger railway in Malawi, like Ethiopia, which has a tram. But we do have a single track goods railway that runs the length of the country all the way to the ports and the coast in Mozambique. And that track is used to carry raw materials and other goods in and out of the country. But the track also runs past people's homes. And so it's not unusual to find a cow sitting on the railway track or people setting up their food stalls on the track because it's the only space available. And so as the train is nearing, you can hear loud and long hoots from the horn, which signals that something is on the track and needs to get out of the way. And just like that, the cow moves and people move their stalls as the train passes. And then, just like that, the cow comes back and everyone goes back to doing what they were doing on the line before the train passed, as if they were never ever close to being hit by the train. I tell you, when you live juxtaposed to extremes like this, you really see the resilience and the ingenuity of the people as they try to make a way to get things done. Me, I love to just watch and stare because I learn so much. There is a local saying here called Zetega, which means yes we can. And when you talk to the people, they will always say to you, don't give up. We can try again, we can do it again, we can do it a different way. Nobody ever says they can't do something because it's just not part of their nature. Yes, we can is what the people live by. And so with that kind of resilience, anything and everything is possible. I know that when I have my friends visiting Malawi, one of the things that I love to do is to arrange for them to see different parts of the country. Because if you come to Malawi as a tourist, you're going to be forced to stay in one area near the lake and they're going to then bus in all the things that you need for you to enjoy your stay. And you see very little of the real country. You do the usual safari thing, wildlife nature reserve thing, which is all very staged. But if you want to see the real Malawi, then my advice is to link with someone who you know in the country or any country that you're traveling to. Because by linking with people who know the country and who are safe for you to travel with, I can assure you that you get to see a completely different aspect of the country. And you get to see the real thing, the real country, the real life, the real way that people move around. And for me, doing that by foot and by road is the best thing that I love to do. And that brings me to the end of my travel experiences in Malawi. Remember to watch out for some of the images I'll be posting because I want you to be able to see what I see. Remember to like, share, and comment on the podcast and to join my Facebook groups and my fan page so I know you are there and so I know what you think, what you like, and what you don't like. You can find all the contact information you need at the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast episode. And finally, remember that you only have one life to live, and you should therefore focus on living your best life. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha, and until our next edition, I'm out.